Yep, third section. We're back. We're back to talk about more of the searching for friends portion of Final Fantasy VI, and uh, Ben's joining me here on July the third. How's it going, Ben? It's going all right. How are you? I'm well. And uh, so we're hoping, fingers crossed, we'll get some more fireworks tonight um, on the recording with us. And uh, we also, we, we kind of split up, uh, went our separate ways, and uh, saw what we could catch out there in the world as far as friends goes. Um, there's one, there's, there's a number of characters that we've met before, but there's one new one that you found for today, right? Yep. Yeah. Finally got Gogo to join my team. What is the deal? So I want that's the main thing I really wanted to pick your brain about is uh, just what is Gogo doing in this game and like why? <laughs> why it is Go-Go? so weird. I mean, <laughs> like Final Fantasy has has always been a series for just weird Easter eggs here and there. I mean, you know, you find Vincent in Final Fantasy VII, and that's just completely left unexplained. Like. You have no idea why or what he's doing in this world or, you know, how vampires got here in the first place. Um, Gogo is very much in the same territory. Like, he has very little explanation. The The only place you find him is, you know, you're wandering around in this one tiny island off the middle of nowhere that, you know, you have no reason to go to. I, I was there because I was looking for the forest with the fire dragon and got misled. Um, and are these giant worm things like the the enders, zone yeah. enders? The zone, yes, yes. Yeah, which I feel like there's a there's a reference there, but I'm not entirely sure what. It looks and to me like a sarlacc pit monster from Star Wars. It does, except it's square. <laughs> 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 like it, it looks like it would be, you know, a sort of space worm or something. Yeah. Except that it's it's very much it looks man-made on some levels and fighting them is a pain in the butt like you can you can beat them and they're worth a decent chunk of experience um but they freeze you and they suck you in and if you don't beat them quickly you find yourself with only a couple of party members some of which may be frozen and they just eat you but rather than losing the game you find yourself in the worm apparently and then you walk through like a miniature dungeon and at the end of it is gogo who is just chilling apparently in the belly of the beast it's well so yeah okay it's a bit of a jonah thing yeah he's down there um but he doesn't apparently have any purpose or goal per se he says something terribly perturbed about it like he's just hanging out like oh you found me yeah like why were you here Right. I think that somebody gives you a hint to explore this Triangle Island. At least one person somewhere in the game is like, hey, go check out Triangle Island and there's monsters there that eat you. Um, you know, so there's like a hint, but there's no like connection to the the fact that there's somebody who got eaten at some point or just lives there or something. He says, I am Gogo, master of the simulacrum. My miming skills will astonish you. And that's interesting. Are you familiar with the book um, Simulacrum and Simulation by Baudrillard? Oh, I know of it, but I have not read it. Okay. I feel like every time I see that word, that's, that's what I think of. That's the um, reference. I don't know if it's a intentional thing. Um, if somebody on the translation team was reading 
like weird uh, uh, postmodern you know, <laughs> literary theory or whatever, you know, but weirder things have happened. It, it's a, so that's apparently what he's been up to in this, in this belly for uh, however long he's been there is just um, thinking about miming, right. And, and simulating things. Um, that's interesting, right? Like that he is within the game, somehow this character who, um, who imitates and, and doesn't seem to have a, a personality of his own exactly. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting too, just his character design or her character design for that matter, because you really don't know. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure they're even cagey about the the pronouns. Yeah. Um, but he's just he's layered in clothes. Like there there's no there's barely any visible person um, underneath just these very colorful, brightly colored garments. Yeah. Um, and even the reasons that he or she points to for joining the party are really like, yeah, it sounds like fun for a little while. <laughs> um, like it's, it's even more devil may care than, than Setzer in some ways. Like Setzer is like, yeah, this sounds like a good time. Let, let's, you know, let's go beat up some bad guys. Gogo's like, Oh, so you're on the side of righteousness. All right. I'll follow you around for a while. Like, okay. Um, but there's, yeah. there's no apparent motivation. There's no character. This is exactly. kind of an empty shell in, in a very real sense. Yeah. I mean, he looks really cool uh, to me anyway. I, I feel like he, um, he looks interesting. Um, and he speaks with a kind of distinctive, like proud, you know, um, maj- majestic almost. Uh, you know, a little bit like Cyan, although it's not as like ancient-y sounding somehow. Yeah, I um, think it's more condescending in the original sense of that term, like yeah. not talking down to you, but as though, you know, he has better things to do. Like he's he's got his whole own world and he is just deigning to participate in yours for a little while. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And um and he listens to your story. I found that kind of interesting, right? Um, he he like he wants to know what you've been up to, and so you tell him. It skips that obviously. The game doesn't like represent right, yeah. what that's supposed to sound like. Um, but then he says, "Yeah, okay. Then yeah, here I go." And so then, if you if you actually look at what he can do, the only action he has in his you know fighting box is mimic, um, mm-hmm. but it's a very well-known secret that you can go into the status thing and, 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 and just add any other ability that you want. Yeah. Um, so you can completely customize what he can do in battle. Um, he can only wear certain armors, I think, but he can wear any relic, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, and I guess his stats are not like extravagantly good compared to other characters you might have, but that, you know, might not matter if you're just like, you know, killing everything immediately <laughs> yeah and again plus you know you like with all of the characters so much of their their stats are dependent on what espers you you match yeah. them up with like we talked about realm and how because she's small she has a lot of potential i mean gogo is kind of the same way like he's a fairly balanced stat set but then you know you just lock those espers on him and make him into whatever you want him to be exactly what a magic user hit him with the magic users you want him to be a tank give him a lot of hit points like all of these are options dude yeah it's 
it's excellent that he sort of takes that idea to the extreme though, right? Like the thing that made each character unique was that, that extra thing they could do, right? Stealing or um, turning into a half Esper being of some kind, right? Morphing right? Right. tools, but he can do all of those. Can he morph? I don't think I, I, don't, I don't think I see that one. I don't think I see that as a, that's interesting. Yeah. And I don't know, he might only be able to do certain ones of these if he's wearing a certain equipment too. I'm not sure mm. about that, but anyway, and, and down there, you know, among the things that are down there in the, the stomach of the zone eater with him are pretty powerful monsters, but also some weird like green manager types who just walk yes. back and forth on their little platforms forever and mm -hmm. they boot you off of there if you run into them. Yeah. Um, why? Which is annoying because, of course, you're trying to get the chests. Why? Why are they there? <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, everything about this area screams random. Like, yeah. no explanation, no... I mean, even down to the music, which we've talked about Gogo's theme before, but yeah. it's just... It's got this organ grinder, like, comic little, you know, calliope sort of sound to it. Yeah. Um, it is it is meant to sound strange and silly and you know not exactly in step with the rest of the game in a real in a real sense. Like you you've accidentally wandered off the face of the earth um, in some ways by wandering into this cavern. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I have no idea what they're doing there. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I mean, I think when I think about this, it's like again, it's sort of like pushing the game as a medium to a weird extreme where it's like mimicking games that are platformers, right? You have to mm -hmm. jump quickly across these little sort of magically floating their platforms. Um, and there are enemies there for no apparent reason. This is the case in most video games up to this time, right? But yep. I think that, you know, Final Fantasy, although it's silly and does weird stuff with tone and it, it also has this kind of epic quality to it where, um, you know, this is not what video games have to be, right? It, it can be something bigger than that. And so I, I think that if there's a message or like a meaning to what these little green guys are doing in here, I, I think it's like a, you know, a satire on, um, you know, simpler platforming video games or something, but. It could be. I mean, the other thing that I, that I think about when I run into this area, like, the, the sort of one theory I had for why they might be hanging out here is that they're disciples of Gogo. Um, again, they have this this sort of faceless ambiguity about them. Like, you don't know what they're doing here. You don't know why they're bouncing you off the little tiny bridge ledge things. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a platforming element to it, but we've also seen this mechanic before. Like, this is what we were doing when we were, you know, climbing the rafters above the opera, trying to stop Ultros from, you know, dropping the weight on Celis' head. Um, we, uh, there have been a couple of times where, you know, you're running through like a burning building or there's a clear time limit and running into an enemy will slow you down. Um, this seems to be borrowing some of those mechanics, though using them in a very different way because it is more analog it's more platforming you don't get into a fight like one of your usual rpg 
pick your option from the menu and take a lot of time as you're trying to sort this out kind of fight, but instead it just drops you back to where you started. You have to go all the way back just like a platformer. Um, so I don't know, like we, it could definitely be, as you say, like the mimicking element, like we're going to pretend to be a platformer for a little while, we're gonna, you know, interrogate the very genre of this game. Um, it could be they're disciples of GoGo and they're just like, you know, performing some sort of monastic rite of passage kind of trial for you. Um, it, it's not clear. Um, That's awesome. The, Dude, like I the one, the one thing about this section that I do think is kind of, you know, straightforward as far as this goes um, is the fact that Gogo only joins you after he listens to your story and the sort of insinuation is that he's mimicking your heroism. Yes. No, so I, I really wanted, when you said that, I wanted these green guys to pop out kind of like Interceptor does, just like appear during yeah. battles randomly and, and kick the enemy, like just one-shot <laughs> them. Um, yeah, just uh, knock them off the stage. But yeah, we can't have everything. But yeah, no, I mean, I think that... Uh, so Gogo, I mean, there's lots of theories apparently about what he's doing here. Uh, mm -hmm. People, you know, wonder if he or she, right, is some other right. character we've met from earlier in the game. Um, it seems like it's probably reading too much into it from our own times kind of concerns and, and interests to, to wonder if he's, you know, a comment on um, trans identities or something like that. But it's possible, mm -hmm. like it is sort of suggested yeah. uh, in the way he's introduced. Um, that that's maybe something that this person is up to. Uh, yeah, it definitely supports a sort of non-binary mm -hmm. genderless reading. Uh, like that's definitely there. Um, even if it's not, you know, explicit, even if it wasn't exactly what the developers had in mind, it would be a logical way to interpret it. Yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, that's in itself kind of interesting because that's, that's present in a lot of Final Fantasy games, right? Um, cross-dressing is a part of most great art that I can think of, I guess, off the top of my head, like mm -hmm. every other Shakespeare play, you've got a little bit of it going on. And, um, and of course, Final Fantasy VII is the great example, right, where you have to dress up Cloud and uh, be very uncomfortable about it, but it's, it's really delightful. It's one of probably the funnest parts of that game um, all around. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting that that's tucked away here. Uh, I don't know, like, how serious were you about the Jonah connection? Because that's kind of fun to think about. Yeah, it's the one sort of strange, like, deviation that really separates Gogo from Jonah in my mind is that Gogo wants to be there. Mm -hmm. um, like, Jonah, you know, he's in the belly of the whale for three days, which, you know, then you get into the Christ typology and stuff. Um, but the entire time he's, like, praying for deliverance. He wants to get out. Right. Um, and moreover, the reason why he's in the whale is because he screwed up. Like God said, hey, go talk to the Ninevites. And Jonah's like, screw the Ninevites, I'm out of here. And <laughs> takes the boat the opposite direction. And that's when, you know, everything goes wrong. Gogo, yeah. um, -Go, on the other hand, he seems to be in this sort of like Zen state of, you know, this is where he wants to be. Um, I imagine him being more like, you know, a Zen master in a hermitage than Jonah and the whale. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, the connection seems pretty obvious here. Um, but I'd also suspect that, that that sort of like Western 
connection isn't what the developers had in mind initially. Like it could definitely be there, but you know, the, the references we've been seeing are more from Greek mythology and from like, you know, you would expect Japanese literature and art to some degree. Um, but that's, that's a little bit more difficult of a read, I it's guess. A stretch. But here's an interesting thing to notice is that there is a character called Gogo, a famed mimic Gogo appears in Final Fantasy V, which wasn't released in the States originally, but mm -hmm. is packaged with this as in the anthology. And yep. so he appears in a place that's like a, I haven't played that game, but I'm just reading this. He's, a, he's in the Waltz Tower after it becomes the sunken tower in the merged world. So it mm -hmm. is underwater. Like there is that connection there. Um, he is a, you know, funny sort of character, but apparently if you attack him, instead of making it a really easy battle that he sort of gives you the mimic ability, he becomes the most impossible like boss in the entire yes. game. You're like, not supposed to be able to beat him uh, if, you, if you fight back, which is again, very Jonah, I feel like. Uh, so that's The other connection that I think would make sense to point to here is actually Pinocchio. Mm. Um, because, you know, again, you have swallowed by the whale. Again, you have, like, just totally removed. But but even more than Jonah, you know, Pinocchio is a blank slate. He is a puppet waiting to be human. Um, so, like, the connection to from puppetry to mimery think, seems to be a little bit more obvious than prophecy. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But I'm not entirely sure if that was sort of in mind either. Um, like again, it's not totally explicit, but what I think, you know, I suspect what, what we really should be looking at here isn't so much, you know, the, the references to the West as the common thread underlying them all. Yeah. Um, like the idea of this sort of burial or removal from society. Um, I think of like, you know, the Orpheus myth and mm -hmm. understanding this as sort of a, a form of death. Um, that Gogo very much is removed from the world. And again, like, especially, especially because of everything that we've been saying for the last several weeks about how Kefka has so radically changed the world. I think it's really striking that we find this character who seems completely oblivious to what's gone on. Yeah. Yeah. Like his world has not changed. This is, you know, we talked about Cyan on, on, in his hermitage trying to sort of escape from all the, the carnage, all the changes. Well, Gogo successfully has. Right. Um, admittedly, we can't find him in the former world, so it's you know, debatable. Maybe he is an incarnation of this chaos in some ways rather than you know, being unaffected by it. But he certainly isn't troubled by it. Um, you know, of all of the characters who have lost people, who are suffering, who are, you know, they've lost their town or their home or any, any number of things, here's Gogo untouched, <laughs> unaffected, um, completely, not even trying to escape, like just oblivious to the fact that the entire world has been broken and made new. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, I, I think you know, as a, as a kind of alter ego for Kefka, he's, he's quite interesting then, right? He mm -hmm. uh, does seem to have the same kind of transcendent power, um, but far from going out and dominating others with it. Yeah, he's just sort of in there meditating, waiting for a good story to kind of make him move from his little pedestal. Yep. Um, interesting. So, okay. Um, the, the name, I mean, 
go-go uh, seems to refer to like dancing or, you know, some kind of, you know, outgoing, having fun thing. So it's probably just a joke. Um, I don't know what else to make of his name other than that. Uh, it sort of goes with that randomness, silliness that uh, characterizes the dungeon itself. But um, anyway, we, we, we join him or he joins or she joins. Uh, off we go. Uh, we, I don't know. Uh, we were talking about maybe trying to find Locke for this time. Um, his dungeon is quite difficult. Um, but uh, I think would be the nearest analog possibly for what it's like to, to get go-go because um, he is down in a you know, deep, dark cavern. Um, but we can, we can hold off on that one for now if, if you found some other characters. Yes, I, I have not stumbled across Locke yet, although okay. I did find it seems like everybody else. Um, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, as promised last week, I did go back and pick up Umaro, and I nice. also picked up the Moogle Charm at your suggestion, which has made things a lot more quicker. Oh, yeah. A lot quicker. Um, so now I can quite conveniently keep to story-related portions while Sarah is interested, and then I can just train on my own time which is very convenient. Um, we picked up Shadow, uh, huh. went back to the Velt in the cave and went through that little miniature dungeon, uh, which was, again, much expedited. Thank you, Moogle Charm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I did... Uh, we, you do get that whole sequence with bringing Shadow to the, the town of the magic users and him recovering there, and then you have to find him at the Colosseum because he doesn't just join you automatically. He's still, he's still apparently disappointed in himself. Right. Like, because the last time we saw him, he was on the floating continent, and he wouldn't join the party officially. He thought he had betrayed you by working for the Empire. Um, and then, you know, if you stick around long enough for him to to join back up and jump back into the ship. Um, then of course immediately the world ends and like he disappears and you don't know where he's gone yeah Yeah. so you know it's just Sellas at that point but now we find him and he's badly injured Interceptor seems to be keeping an eye on him and protecting him Um, but then you know once once he's saved he still won't join he's not interested so he's Um, kind of a two part um, rescue or like join up in this Mm -hmm. case and that goes I mean, along with how he's been all along, right? Like he would just leave the party kind of unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this time, if you do bring him back, uh, so then you have to find the striker or maybe it has yes. a different name in other versions. But this particular sword, uh, you wager it in the Colosseum because that's how the Colosseum works. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on what you wager, that's, that's who you'll fight. Um, Apparently he wants this weapon, I guess, because it's one of his best weapons or something. Um, mm-hmm. So he'll show up. And then you, you choose a character and they will do random stuff in the course of the battle. Uh, no control. It's odd. Like, yeah. Anyway, so you can, I guess there's ways to get around that to an extent. Um, the easiest probably being to use an, a, a person who has a, like a one hit kill kind of attack right. um, that they'll do eventually hopefully uh yeah at that point i just had edgar carrying the atma weapon and having a bunch of health and he he'd made short work of shadow yeah um it, it wasn't terribly challenging like shadow doesn't have anything to throw at you and that's kind of his 
scariest attacks. So, yeah. you know, he's just doing like 50 damage here or there, and you're doing five times as much. And yep, that, that ends pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. It's so this is an interesting, I mean, sort of side quest, uh, the whole Colosseum thing. I feel like by the time you get here, you don't really need any of the stuff that you can win, but you can win good yeah. stuff, I guess. And on the flip side, you know, how much do you want to risk? Like, yeah. if things go poorly, then, you know, you've got enough really awesome gear that the temptation to wager is great. <laughs> but I'm not sure if the, the, you know, rewards are quite up to their standards. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think there's probably some cases that it's good to bother with and others. It's just, I don't know. Like, like you said, a lot of this is coming down to like, what, what amount of time do you want to spend? And, and yeah, how much do you want to have to reset the game? if things? Yeah. Uh, but this but, is somebody's dream, right? This guy has wanted to build the Colosseum and voila, there it is. Uh, and also Gilgamesh is there and Ultros. And so, mm-hmm. huh? Okay. But, I'm glad that Ultros has found a productive way to use his right. talents in the new world. <laughs> exactly. I, I love the introduction, like, hey, look, I'm a receptionist now. Ha ha ha! He threatens that, like, Mr. Chupon is going to get you if you don't pay up. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, all right, Ultros, congratulations. I'm glad you found st- stability and security in the new world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I- I don't know, yeah, if it's, if this is um, something that was intentional or not, but it's like, again, this is another kind of microcosm of, of playing video games, right? It's like going into the Coliseum, seeing what happens, getting, you know, a prize, la-di-da, right? Good for you. I, I think, I feel like the game is kind of trolling us at this point, um, the way this, is whole, this whole thing is set up, the Coliseum, but... Yep. If there is more evidence of the trolling, though, I have to tell you about one of my other side trips during this particular session, and that was going to the Opera House. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yes, I went to the Opera House. I initially thought, like, I was was going to, I initially thought the Coliseum was the Opera House because they have, like, the same picture. They do, Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I found the Coliseum. I got Shadow. Um, I then flew south and found the opera house and went in and apparently everyone was panicking because there is a dragon on stage the dirt dragon um (laughs) and once again like the there are supposedly eight dragons that have been running around at this point i had taken down the wind dragon which took me a long time and many tries the ice dragon which was breeze and then this guy which admittedly took me twice but that was you know it wasn't that difficult once I had the foresight to cast float on everyone beforehand. Yes. Um, which is cool. yes. the only way to do it. Like half his, half his attacks will not hit you if all of your uh, party is floating. Um, but again, to the point of being trolled, like there is probably nothing more trolling than you have the opera house, which was, you know, one of the biggest, most important parts of the first half of the game you know, just poignant and like this great character moment for Salas and for Locke and the introduction of Setzer and like there's just all this awesome stuff circulating around the, the opera. And then you come back to the opera house and it's just comical because, you know, they don't have, they're still using the same sprites and the same uh, like setting. So you literally have this situation where there's this terrifying dragon, one of the big eight that are like 
threatening the world and the audience is still in the the theater and the conductor is still just conducting away <laughs> like please take care of this dragon because it's bad um yeah this is yeah again i mean we can sort of with hindsight call this a missed opportunity but if we take them at you know face value, then the developers here have to be sort of just sending up our expectations and our sort of nostalgia for the opera, right? Mm-hmm. Which, okay, I guess I, I sort of can appreciate that. But um, I'd have rather, yeah, had a bit richer experience revisiting the opera house in the world of Ruin, right? Yeah. You know, fiddling while the world burns sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get to know that. audience members. Yeah. I wanted to get to know that composer, conductor, impresario, you know, all these, what, what these mm-hmm. people are up to. But yeah, fighting a dragon, I guess I'll take it. Um, that's all right. Yep. I, I mean, it's, it's a clever use of assets is how I think of it. Sure. Like, yeah. again, the limitations of, of the technology were, were great. And they were really pushing what the S, NES cartridge could, could hold and could do. And part of, part of making that work is, you know, you recycle everything. Like you've got this elaborate opera house you put together. You've got to find a way to use it. And if you don't have enough, you know, memory and space for storytelling, then you stick a dragon there and you call it a day. Um, well, and yeah, I mean, again, the, uh, the, the dragons are a challenge in a way, but part of it is simply like understanding, I guess, how rock, paper, scissors works, right? Like what yeah. element beats what element. Um, and then they're not too bad, except for the wind one. Yeah, there isn't really yeah. a way around that, that. That one's a little a little early in, yeah. in your adventures to to be able to adequately prepare for. But so did you did you go around uh, with Mog and steal treasures from like all the hard dungeons that you could reach? Um, did you do that yet? I have, I have not yet. Um, I have not gone back. Um, I think the only one that that I'm really missing stuff from is, is the, the one where we got the airship, like the, the tomb. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I don't you can go, I mean, you can go to Kefka's tower and run around and get lots of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. If you, if you want to kind of do that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. a, uh, and in, in that place, you, you know, you have to split up into parties. So you'd have to kind of leave and do it three times if you wanted to go mm-hmm. that route. But, um, but locks dungeon is, different where you i mean you kind of have to have two parties so there's no real real way around that um one of them one of the parties can have mog and avoid fights but the other is gonna gonna run into battle so mm-hmm. so that's okay so there's that um so who's left at this point you tara right you found yes you joined her up okay yep tara finally joined up we went back to mobley's we fought Fumbaba again only this time tara was Tara was moved by her compassion for the endangered children to apparently take up the mantle again and fight. Well, it's more than that, right? It's um the the girl who's pregnant, isn't it? Yeah. It's a yep. it's almost like, you know, her story kind of re redone. Um uh a, a young, you know, a mother uh and father who are sort of not ready or not prepared for what, what's about to happen to them um mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah for whatever reason she she's ready to to join up in the party again um i don't know yeah i found that interesting i don't know I do, yeah yeah I, I find her motivation striking like i i'm 
I'm always pleased with the way that Terra's arc. It seems appropriate. And I, I, I mean, I hold up this whole sort of story of Terra from start to finish as being one of the high points in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Um, that, and you're, you're right that it does sort of recount that. Like, um, I mean, again, I just wrote that giant essay on Tolkien, so naturally it's on my mind. But um, I think of like how Tolkien frequently will retell the same story with a sort of degenerating of generations in the process. So, you know, you have Baron and Luthien, the joining of the man and the elf, which is sort of like followed by uh, Aragorn and Arwen in Lord of the Rings. And you, you get this same sort of picture here that Terra sees this couple completely out of their depth, threatened by this horrific monster. Uh, this is what it takes to fight. Like she realizes that it's not, you know, this entire game she's been, she's been making the choices for her own sake. She's been trying to figure out who she is. And then she gives up on it. And that's how she finds out. Like, it's when she stops trying to figure out where she belongs in this world, when, when she gives up, that everything starts to make sense. Um, it's interesting. And I, I think it's just... Mm-hmm. Well, when she does rejoin your party, she, um, she'll talk about General Leo. You know, everyone has their little line when you talk to them. Yeah. And that's hers. Is like, I understand what he was trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it's cool. Um, and so she obviously is awesome, is great to have oh, yeah. on the team. Um, maybe the only party member whose power is greater than Go-Go's, right? Because he can <laughs> the way she yep. can. Um, right. So, I mean, again, at this point, we're sort of in the same situation we've really been all along with this game of just having more power than we know what to do with, I think, uh, mm-hmm. is, is the sense I get. Um, the game, you know, has given us hints to an extent about what to do, where to find party members. Um, but I think that kind of, you know, at this point, we're kind of just seeing what else is out there, right? Like there's just a yeah, few places yeah. we haven't tried, basically. Yep. Um, and I think, I, I think it's honestly a strength of this game that, you know, anywhere you go, you will find something. Yes. Um, like there are only two, place, two kinds of places in the world of ruin. There are the places that the story directs you to and that you've already been to at this point once you've got the airship, or there are places with a secret, yes. um, places with a dragon or places with an esper or you know, a party member. It's just like, have I been to this town? Okay, let's go into this town. What am I going to And there's always something. <laughs> um, and even, even some of the places that you don't think like warrant that like you know the triangle island with yeah. its random worm monsters um there's something there or even before i got to the triangle island i accidentally stumbled across the dinosaur island nice which that was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> um i found one tyrannosaurus and i'm like okay this is a bad thing but i managed to beat it by the skin of my teeth nice. um no fancy weapons though alas but it, it's it's the brachiosaurs. Those are the real. That's the real money. Now, um, they but can, you know, there's. Can they be? Mm-hmm. Can they be gowed? I mean, can they like be raged? Once you've met them. I think so. I, I don't remember whether or not they actually show up on the belt, or you know what kind of you know gymnastics you have to perform in order mm-hmm. to get them to show up there. 
um, as it is, like it's already overwhelming yeah. <laughs> how many yeah. different uh, range options I've got. Um, so I know you were trying have to everything, gotten, right? You were trying to complete the rage list at one time. Yeah, yeah. I, I've gotten a good half, I think, at this point. Nice. Um, the the two I keep switching back between though are the Templar, the you know that great fire two move, mm -hmm. and then if I run across um, enemies immune to fire, I've gotten very very fond of Adamact. Um, um, which apparently has this poison rain ability that hits everybody, and then they're all poisoned, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so uh, I'll be heading back to the belts after a few more adventures and rounding out Gao's ability. Um, but I also need to find Strago. Darn it. Where is that guy? Strago's easy. Uh, you can find him early, but he won't join the party. Um, mm -hmm. He is at this uh, tower the tower of the um the kefka like cult yes um and he's he's marching back and forth with them like in a trance and he won't respond to you won't won't react until you bring realm right so that's that's the so there's you know a place we haven't explored yet um the rich man's house the rich man's house is where we will pick up realm but i think there's also um there's also some treasures out there to to be found, some espers and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. If you revisit the island where you started out, Esselis, uh, there's an esper that teaches you haste too, which is handy. Yep. Um, there's also a a trick to get uh, Sabin's best blitz a little earlier. If you go and find Duncan in his little cabin, um, he'll. <laughs> They'll they'll fight and like jump all over the roof, um, battling each other back and forth. And then Sabin will know bum rush. I don't know why it's called bum rush. Um, it's like a spiritual energy attack of some kind. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Still have to go to Doma Castle too. Mm, that yeah, that's the one I've been putting off. Uh, yeah, there's that. I recall that one's pretty involved. Yeah. So there's still plenty of stuff to do. I mean, I think I agree with you. There isn't a whole lot story-wise at this mm -hmm. point. I mean, um, there is, yeah, there is Doma Castle. Uh, we need some closure with Kefka, of course, our, our main oh, yeah. character, obviously, uh, ultimately in the game. Um, but other than that, I think we're, we're closing in on the end of this long adventure, I think. Indeed we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, do your best to track down Locke, Realm, Strago, and that might be it, right? And then we I think that's it for characters. We we head off to Doma Castle one more time, and then take on Kefka. All right, hmm. sounds All right. like the plan. Nice, cool. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll just we'll just keep trucking on this. Um, and watch out for the dinosaurs, I guess. Uh, yep. Yeah. Those guys are tough. Yeah. All right. Well, happy 4th of July. Um, take care of yourself. You too, sir. All right. See ya. Bye.